Psalm chapters 132 through 134. We're going to conclude all of the Psalms of Ascent in this episode. 134 is the last song of Ascent. Verse 1, A Song of the Ascents. Remember, Jehovah, for David, all his afflictions. This could be written by David or possibly not, but it's definitely going to repeat things that David has said in the other songs that he wrote. This is also the longest song in the Psalm of Ascents. This is 18 verses. 2. Who hath sworn to Jehovah? He hath vowed to the Mighty One of Jacob. In the Old Testament, they made oaths to the Lord, like when Hannah gave Samuel to the Lord. She brought Samuel to the temple, and he lived there for the rest of his life and served the Lord as a priest and prophet of Israel. Some people vowed a certain amount of tithe, or some people may have taken a vow to fast. But today, there's only one vow that the Lord requires from us, and we must keep it, because in the Bible, you always have to keep your vow. That vow is to obey Him. Jesus said, Repent and believe, and that includes obedience. 3. If I enter into the tent of my house, if I go up on the couch of my bed. 4. If I give sleep to mine eyes, to mine eyelids slumber. 5. Till I do find a place for Jehovah, tabernacles for the Mighty One of Jacob. King David made a vow to the Lord before he came to Jerusalem that he would not sleep until he had found a place for the Lord to dwell. When he arrived in Jerusalem, that place that he found was called Zion. It's a district in Jerusalem, and that's where David kept the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. And he wanted to build a permanent temple there. But the Lord didn't allow him to. The Lord said that only his son could build a temple because his son would be a man of peace and David was a man of war. So he did keep his vow. He found a place for the tabernacle and for the future temple. 6. Lo, we have heard it in Ephrata. We have found it in the fields of the forest. Now, I didn't catch this before when we were reading about King David's life, but here it tells us that at some point the Ark of the Covenant was misplaced during King Saul's reign because Saul didn't care about the Lord at all, and King David looked for it when he became king. So King David found the Ark evidently near Bethlehem because Ephrata is an ancient name for Bethlehem. So he found it in the trees in the forest surrounding the Bethlehem area, which seems very appropriate because later on Jesus Christ would be born there and nothing happens by accident. Before David brought the Ark of the Covenant to Zion, he located it in Bethlehem. This is very interesting because Jesus was born in Bethlehem and he was crucified in Zion, which is Jerusalem. So the ark made that same journey long before Jesus was born. 7. We come into his tabernacles. We bow ourselves at his footstool. When they found the ark, they bowed at the ark. 8. Arise, O Jehovah, to thy rest, thou the ark of thy strength. They spoke to the Lord and said, We're going to take your ark to Zion. 9. Thy priests do put on righteousness, and thy pious ones cry aloud. This must have been when they all marched and sang and rejoiced as they brought the ark into Jerusalem. 
10. For the sake of David thy servant, turn not back the face of thine anointed. This song must be in commemoration of when King David brought the ark into Jerusalem and he was singing and dancing and wearing a linen ephod as a priest would wear. 11. Jehovah hath sworn truth to David, he turneth not back from it. Of the fruit of thy body I set on the stone for thee. It sounds like child sacrifice because it says, From the fruit of my own body I will put on a stone for you, which means I will sacrifice my own child for you. But this cannot be literal because God always forbade child sacrifice and David always obeyed the Lord's commandments. This is a prophecy about the one to come, the Son of God who would be sacrificed for all of the world. And it also is a retelling of the story of Abraham who was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac and he did lay Isaac on a stone but Isaac wasn't sacrificed because the Lord stopped him. So this looks back to Abraham and it also looks forward to Christ. 12. If thy sons keep my covenant and my testimonies that I teach them, their sons also forever and ever do sit on the throne for thee. The reason there is no longer a king of Israel is because the Israelites did not keep this covenant with the Lord. If they had continued to obey the Lord throughout the generations, there would still be a king of Israel, an earthly king. But because they sinned over and over and over, Zedekiah was their last king. But Jesus Christ is their eternal king and our eternal king forever. 13. For Jehovah hath fixed on Zion, he hath desired it for a seat to himself. The Lord wanted his throne to be in Zion, and it will be forever, because he will create a new Jerusalem. Jesus will sit on his throne in Zion during the thousand-year millennial reign, and then after that comes Armageddon, and then after that Judgment Day, and then after that all of eternity, with Jesus in the new Jerusalem. 14. This is my rest forever and ever, here do I sit, for I have desired it. When God says forever, he means forever. That's why there will be a new Jerusalem, because that Jerusalem will be eternal. 15. Her provision I greatly bless, her needy ones I satisfy with bread. He satisfies us with the bread of life, who is Jesus Christ. I am one of those needy ones of the eternal Jerusalem, and I will be satisfied with the bread of God, which is his Son. This doesn't mean that Jesus becomes physical food. This means that we consume his word, everything that he says. 16. And her priests I clothe with salvation, and her pious ones do sing aloud. We're called to be priests and pious ones by obeying the commandments of the Lord. 17. There I cause to spring up a horn for David. I have arranged a lamp for mine anointed. His anointed eternal is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the horn of David, and horn means strength. 18. His enemies I do clothe with shame, and upon him doth his crown flourish. When the Lord returns, he will be wearing many crowns, one stacked upon another, for all of his victories that he has done. And his enemies, the demons, and any people who refuse to repent will be wearing shame. They will literally wear shame. Those are the spotted garments that the New Testament talks about. And that concludes Psalm chapter 132. 
Psalm chapter 133, verse 1. A Song of the Ascents by David. Lo, how good and how pleasant the dwelling of brethren, even together. How beautiful it is when the Bride of Christ is united and joined together. This song was written by King David. And King David understood that the children of God, or the Bride of God, are those who obey him. You can't be born into it. And you can't go to a building in order to be a child of God. There's lots of people who go to church and they're not the church. Those who obey the Lord are the real church. And it's good when we're with people who really obey the Lord, not just anybody who's a churchgoer. 2. As the good oil on the head coming down on the beard, the beard of Aaron that cometh down on the skirt of his robes. When Aaron, the first Levite high priest, was anointed, the oil that was poured on his head flowed down over his beard and then it dripped down onto his clothing, his glorious breastplate and ephod and robe. The beauty of the Lord's oil on Aaron's head and body represents the beauty of the bride of Christ coming together. So we come together by the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of people will condemn you for not going to church and they'll say, oh, don't forsake the fellowship. Well, the fellowship isn't church because 80% of the people in church don't even know Jesus. So that's not the fellowship. I love going to church and it's good to be in church. But the fellowship are those who love the Lord. And you can tell when you're in the presence of people like that. It's like the Holy Spirit oil has fallen over your head and down your face and onto your clothes. When you have that feeling, you know you're with true believers. 3. As dew of Hermon that cometh down on hills of Zion, for there Jehovah commanded the blessing, life unto the age. We must remember that the people who sang this song were either a group of pilgrims going to Jerusalem, or it was a group of Levite priests going up in the temple to serve the Lord. So they were the body, they were the believers. It wasn't Israelites mixed with non-believers and pagans. It was believers together. And that's what this song is making joy over. How beautiful it is to be with other people who believe. That's why sometimes when you go to church, you just don't feel right. People harass you and try to put their religious rules on you and stuff like that. I'm not putting church down, but I'm just explaining why you don't always feel the presence of God when you're there. Because a lot of people there don't know God and they don't serve Him. I'm just trying to explain the mystery of why you sometimes go to church and you feel worse after going than you did before you showed up. But when you are in the fellowship of true believers, it really is a huge blessing. You're nurtured, you're discipled, and your faith grows. It's talking about the hills of Zion, and there Jehovah is. And for us, the Zion that we look forward to is heaven. And that concludes Psalm chapter 133. Psalm chapter 134, verse 1. A song of the ascents. Lo, bless Jehovah, all servants of Jehovah, who are standing in the house of Jehovah by night. This is about the servants in the house, which would make you think that the songs of ascent are sung by the Levites who go up in the temple to serve, because nobody will be in the temple except Levites. So this is evidence toward the theory that the songs of ascent are sung by the Levites. And it says, Bless those who are working the night watches. 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless ye Jehovah. 
those who were up at night doing the night shift in the temple, they would raise their hands and praise the Lord. 3. Jehovah doth bless thee out of Zion, the maker of the heavens and earth. When we bless him, he blesses us. It isn't just words of praise, because he doesn't listen to our praise when we aren't obeying him. So we have to obey him and praise him. Then he hears those words of praise, and then he blesses us back. Now I'm talking about abundant blessing, not the basic blessings that even sinners get, which is food, shelter, clothing, fresh air, and water. But there's abundant blessings that are beyond that, which we receive because we're children of God. And that concludes the Psalms of Ascent. In the next episode, we will be continuing with the book of Psalm, but we won't be reading any more Songs of Ascent. We've already read all of those.